Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. And we've got Jill Watson with us. Hi, Jill. Hello. So our book is out, and I thought we could talk about our book. We This could be... A, you know, we usually have a lot of guests on the show, and we talk about their work and what they're doing, and we're going to be selfish and talk to us about our stuff today. And the reason we want Jill on the show is because she was one of the editors of the book. Thank you, Jill, for, for actually doing that for us. Oh, it was my pleasure. I, I was really excited to read the book. And when you guys asked me to um, help, I was actually kind of fiendishly approaching each each chapter and each installment as they showed up in the in the shared drive Um <laughs> With, with glee, thinking that I was really getting away with something. So thank you for, for including me <laughs> in the process. It was, your book is fantastic. And I, I had so much fun taking that first pass at it. <laughs> and it meant so much to us. And like, you know, we spend this time on it and you're so into it. And he's like, is this good? Is this making any sense? Like, so to have, yeah. to get feedback from you, was so it was so helpful. It made I think it made some. I was a little more relieved. It's like okay, maybe this isn't the worst book ever made. <laughs> no, and it, you're right. It's hard to have that perspective when you're so deep in it and you've been working on it for so long and so hard. Honestly, it was so well organized and laid out that I didn't have to do much. There was you know a lot of punctuation to deal with, but yeah. other than that, <laughs> no one really cares about that. It's the content that matters and. Boy, you guys nailed it. You talked to everybody. Yeah. You talked to everybody for this book. It was pretty cool. We got we got a lot of people contributing to the book. It was yeah. pretty special. And you know, you know, people hear like, oh, we we got all these interviews and we did, we have so many people in this book. But it's interesting. I don't know if everybody understands how it's laid out. It's not like I got Kyle McLaughlin and it's just his interview. You know what I mean? It's really, it's, I kind of think of it as a conversation. And like, so some of the, these interviews, like Sherilyn Fenn, we've had on before. So you might have her interview, but it's a piece of it. And she might be talking about something and Kyle then is responding to something like that. So it's, I don't know if people understand that structure that we're, we're following every episode, every movie and part and all that. But in there, there's kind of a conversation of one person will share something and that person sometimes will respond to it. Just so everybody knows, Ben is the mastermind behind getting interviews for the podcast. And then when we decided, he decided to do the book, I'm like, all right, well, we have a lot of interviews. And then Ben's like, but I'm going to get more. <laughs> and I don't know how he does it because it's like, to me, it's magic. But he'll just be like, I got so-so. I got so-so. And I'm... I, I got David to come I know. And it, it would blow my mind every week when Ben would text me who we got. Near the end... I was it was, go there, yeah. it was it was frustrating because I was like, Ben, we're getting we gotta write a book. We this book has to come out. I got another interview. He's got another interview. But I was I mean, I give listen, all the credit goes to Ben for for doing that because it made the book extra special that all that hard work turned into gold, I thought. Like it's really something special when you look at it and the conversations do flow, even though it wasn't sometimes intentional, they somehow magically do work. And when I, yeah, when I say that is like, 
old interviews and you, they mush together just so well. I'm sorry, Joe, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that it's some of that Joanna Ray, David Lynch magic and the casting and the, the, the crew that's assembled that when they talk about diff- very different things sometimes about the same episode, it's in, in your book, it, it does seem like a conversation. It mm, seems yeah. like each quote feeds off the last. Right. And it's, it's just magic the way it all came together. That's how my brain works, though. My brain is, kind of, is in a strangely uh, disorganized, organized fashion in some way. Like, yes, it's, <laughs> it's an organized chaos. I guess so, because I, I can see patterns and I can say, oh, this person said this thing and this person said this thing. And it kind of flows together. And I, I don't know how. Yeah. And, and Ben was a mad madman putting like those pieces together. Well, you would have the first pass, and then I would yeah. go. Th- a lot of times, you're like, "Okay, this makes sense for this episode. Yeah. This person's talking about this episode," and I would, yeah, you would go through it, and then I'd go through it, and I'd say, "Well, what about this and this?" And yeah, this? And I mean, it was, it was, for both of us, I feel it's, it's almost like a puzzle. You're putting things together, you're building it. I put the outline out right, and then Ben went in, and then he was just like, he he tightened that outline with what he thought was even better, you know. And then you know, having Jill, Rebecca. Your wife Tracy, and then even Scott going through. Yeah, these not, are all the editors. Yeah, really. not saying they changed anything, but wording and commas and grammar, and then like giving it that little splash that it needed. Yeah. It all came together. You yeah, know? I don't always understand that. It's like, oh, that makes it look so much better that the editors did. They they yeah. made it make more sense. And yeah, because you know, by the end of the book, I was like, how many times can I? Use the word awesome. I got to come up with a better word. <laughs> and, you know, like sometimes I, you know, I told Ben, I'm like, this is, this is not my forte writing. So, you know, going through, I would really, I would struggle, but I would do my best to change up the way my expression, expressing myself uh, through a thesaurus or whatever, things I don't usually do. I'm very generic when I write things. I, I mean, it comes from my heart, but I'm not the best when it comes to writing stuff. But, like, this was a challenge, and I think everybody really did a great job. The interesting thing is that you guys do this podcast, so you're used to talking and you're used to you're used to expressing yourself verbally. And it's a very different animal when you have to write for the page. Right, mm. right. So what I found was really interesting is that you were able to take all of these verbal interviews and put that puzzle together, make it sound like a conversation in writing. So in other words, you're kind of putting it into, you know, from the verbal into the written, and then the book flows almost like a podcast. It, you yeah. can hear the voices in your head. So it does, it, it becomes a conversation that jumps off the page again. Yeah. And with your commentaries at the end of each chapter, you know, where each of you give your, your impressions and then the, the community uh, impressions. It, it's just incredible. It's incredible how it all flows conversationally like that. So Definitely. congratulations. You really, yeah. you really did something extraordinary. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're one of the same. Yeah. You did a great job, Jill, explaining it, that we have these interviews where they have their conversations, which is, uh, 
behind the curtain. So right. there's a section behind the curtain where you're getting the the cast and crew talking about the episode, right. and then you get our part of, of that. I know. I think I think some people are thinking, oh, I've already I've already listened to the podcast, so there's nothing new. But I'm, this book is definitely more than fifty percent, maybe even seventy percent new, because you're getting yes, you're getting some of our old interviews, but you're also getting new stuff from us. I don't, Brian, you and I never said like this is our favorite quote from this episode. We've never talked about our favorite scenes. We said we'll talk about what we enjoyed our first pass But this through, is like this my is, favorite stuff five years later. Down, yeah, yeah. Right, this is me sitting down and saying, oh, when I watched this episode, I really love that mm-hmm. that line. And I don't know, it's kind of cool. I think it's fun just because Scott, who's editing this, this is what Scott says. He's looking at this like, what is Brian and Ben thinking? Those are not my favorite quotes. Those aren't my favorite scenes. So, it, But it's like, that's the time we live in. Like, I think we enjoy hearing other people, what they have to say. And I think a lot of the yeah. community says like, hey, this is my opinion. But it was funny. Scott was telling me, I don't know what you guys are thinking because that's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a part of the appeal to the fans because when fans get together, that's what we talk about. And we'll fight about it. You know, I've got and then knock down, drag out arguments about Evelyn and James hmm. <laughs> and um, various aspects of that. So, and I, I don't think I'm alone there in the fandom. So I think it's, I think that it was really clever to include that. So people can have that argument like Scott did, you know, with you, but not to your faces like yeah. Scott did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scott is the only one who's texting us. Yes. And Brian, your, your our conversation where we're going into our quotes and our scenes, we actually did. We were actually in the studio, so you know, we I think we've talked about how for the whole year, we, one week we would be doing our show, and then the next week we would be doing uh, our book. Right. And so we actually would come back into the studio and we would record fresh new takes fresh new on takes it. on it, and so have conversations. I think because. I my thinking was that we wanted to still have that banter. The book felt like the podcast, and then transcribing those was hellish. But you know, it was know, great. I, I, that <laughs> it was, was one fun. of the things I get to give to you. I did that, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I always tell jokingly to Ben, and I mean, I don't know if anybody. I, I at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. I always told Ben those recordings. I would put them together and make an audio version of the book. Um, and I say this out loud. I'm wondering if other people think that's a good idea. But here's why it's a bad idea. Here's why it's a bad year. Every week, we, uh, no, every uh, the the every other week, I would come in. Brian would have his stuff together, and then he's like, "So, what do you think, Ben?" It's like. I'm not prepared. <laughs> this is me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have. I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't get all my stuff. But together. in all Ben's skip def- it, skip me. <laughs> but in Ben's defense, Ben was getting like an interview for the book. Right. So then he wasn't prepared for that section of the book. I was transcribing. Mean, we were doing. You that. were doing we were so doing- much. So I. I mean, in Ben's defense, I get why he wasn't always prepared because he was going to fill in the blanks later on. But I thought it would be kind of cool, like. If everybody remembers about a couple years ago when David Lynch and uh, Chris McKenna put out that book and Lynch did an audio audio version of the book and unabridged and it was literally so different from the book. It was completely- and basically he didn't want to repeat himself. He's telling wanted- stories. Yeah. Right. The audiobook is Grandpa Telling Stories. It's fabulous. <laughs> I know. So, Joe, this was my thinking. My thinking was... But it's not worth it. It's not good enough. I don't know. Maybe one day. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, what if I just took these recordings and I added them all together and it's just Ben and myself and I'm like, this could be an audio, an unabridged audio version of the book, but it would become kind of different and there'd be a lot of things you didn't get in the book. Oh, but Ben be would event. be missing a lot of stuff, so that's where it doesn't work. <laughs> so I guess I can't do it. Oh, uh, no, no, don't say you can't. Here's what I want to hear. I want to hear 
you and Ben and Scott, Brian, acting out all of the, all of the, the actors. I want to hear your impressions. Oh, man. So, like when you have that, that conversation about an episode, you know, you'll have, you know, Scott being Richard Beamer and then uh, Brian <laughs> is Ray Wise and Ben is Julie Cruz. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a nightmare. It's a train wreck. Yeah, that it's would funny. be a lot of fun, though. But yeah, that would be Community. I would listen to that. I would absolutely oh. listen to that. <laughs> yeah, Community Rewatch, the audio book edition. <laughs> we have the Red Room act it all out. Yep. They can do us, impressions of us. Man. Oh, but God, I don't want to hear that. That's crazy. So, Jill, you you know, you're, you're editing this, you're going through this book, and you get to the point where uh, part 10 of The Return, or season three, and John Neff is talking about uh, no stars. Yeah. <laughs> and you reach out to me. <laughs> and what did you say? <laughs> what did you say about this? So Rebecca Del Rio has become a very good friend of mine, and I have so much respect for John Neff and and his work, and oh my word, he is such an amazing musician and, and producer. And, you know, in, in my conversations with Rebecca, I, I've heard so many stories about No Stars and about the, you know, being in David Lynch's studio with, with David and John mm-hmm. and, and how that went down. And it, it's such an amazing story. So I texted Rebecca and I said, look, I'm, I'm editing this book that Ben and Brian are writing and John Neff is telling the story about no stars and you know would you mind if i reach out to them because i think that they would love to include your story hmm. and she said yes so you know, i reached out to you guys to see if, if you would be interested in talking to her that's that's how that came about yeah and we are always interested i mean we we met mm. her at the uh, festival of disruption a few years ago right and I think I'd emailed her, and it just never, it just never worked out. And so, Jill, when you reached out to us, it's like, oh yes, of course. I mean, of course, I want to hear another voice because this is only John Neff's take on it. And to then get her point of view in the book, it meant so much more. And I, if anything, I was like, John, you didn't sell it very well. You, she did so much work, and to, you know, <laughs> it always makes you angry. And I don't think John did it on purpose, but you like to hear Rebecca's version of things. She's like, damn, she worked her ass off. Like mm-hmm. she worked really hard to make this work and and the things that that David Lynch put her through and stuff and so it's yeah it's so special <laughs> to have that in the book to right. share it, it rounds out that story but also you have to think about it there's two sides to every story and John Neff doesn't know what she went through you know? I guess he I mean knows right. his, he knows himself he knows his only <laughs> his point of view of a producer but as the artist yeah. That's a side that he wouldn't know what she was going through emotionally. Nobody would. And to have that now in our book forever, Jill, I, yeah. I thank, thank you so you, much yes, because that's amazing. So oh, absolutely. And, you know, she doesn't know what they were going through. And, and they're all such professionals that they wouldn't, you know, if there was something going wrong or something emotionally going on with them, mm. they would just do the work. Right. And it's such a special thing, I think, for all of the artists and all of the actors to be able to tell their stories and and have yeah. that that recorded forever, right? And Jill, is there a favorite? Is there something that you like your favorite in the book that you really enjoyed? Oh man, oh I loved the whole thing. There were some absolutely hilarious parts that you know I loved, and but I think my favorite thing, honestly, were the community commentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for stories and. 
people's stories and the different perspectives like you were talking about. And to be able to find out where all of these people in the community that that were were so um, honest and open, they were so generous with their their stories for you. And just to be able to to hear what you know how everybody came excuse me came across the show and how how everybody felt about it initially and to me it just it it made me feel more more immersed in the community. I agree. And mm-hmm. um, I think that just adds to the show. Even it adds to it adds to the feeling of the show and just that that feeling of connection with people who you know most of them you know, we'll never be in a room together, but it it just, I don't know that. I think that's probably my favorite, my favorite aspect of the book. Nice. Yeah. You know, you know, doing a, this is our first book and like, all we get to do is we kept doing like taking in all the stuff like, okay, it's like, we're going to, we're going to get as many interviews as we can. We're going to get, we're going to reach out to the, the actor and the crew people and get anything that they want to contribute to it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we'll get the community people and Brian and I will do our thing, but like, you don't know what's going to happen and how this book, my biggest fear was like, I, I was concerned that like, we're forcing ourselves to go over every episode and every part and every movie. And like other books would be like, we're just going to grace, we're going to kind of go, we're just going to basically say combine five episodes episodes together and I was kind of scared it's like are we gonna be able to feel this and then other times I thought like do we have too much information and are we have to cut things I really would and you know this Brian I was gonna I was considering cutting you and I out of the book which I said no I was I was really I did not I was not gonna let that happen first of all yeah you wouldn't first of all why would we call it Twin Peaks Unwrapped if you and I were not in the book right but I was kind (laughs) of but I was like oh the interviews have to be we need to make sure we have room for the interviews and stuff and then I was like I mean, I wouldn't have done this, but I, I considered it a little bit like, should I get the community commentary? Is there is there too many commentaries if Brian and Ben are commentary and then other people are commentary? Is the book getting filled up with just commentary? But that's and, what it is. I know. Yeah, the whole book is that. <laughs> <laughs> but these are all fears that like when yeah, you're building yeah. the book, you're kind of like – is this going to come together? Is this going to be a thousand-page book? And yeah. then uh, you know we got to go back to Scott and the publisher and say we are self-publishing. We can't afford to do a thousand-page right, book. Right. And yeah, a lot of fears. <laughs> yes. No, this is not the David Lynch way. Who the <laughs> yeah. cares how long a book is? <laughs> yes. Uh, Jill, uh, piggyback what you're saying. Like, I think uh, Ben and myself, since we started this podcast, always having the community part of it. And having the community always together, I, I remember um, one of my favorite memories of doing the show is like right before season three was going to happen in May of 2017. I was like, I told Ben, I'm like, let's go on Twitter and Facebook and let's, let's, and I, I reached out to other podcasters, right? And I said, let's promote each other. Let's every day say, Go listen to the Red Room podcast, and here's why. Go listen to Diane. Diane, and let's let's promote. Let's 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 pat each other on the back. Let's uh, say nice things and be happy and give each other five star reviews on iTunes. Let's do all these wonderful things for each other. We're all in it together, and we right. all enjoy the show together. Right? Yeah, and um, I mean, I think people that was really cool. We were all doing it, and. Um, I remember another podcaster had mentioned how they never seen anything like this. Usually when you're doing a show, not Twin Peaks related, but another sh- podcast based on another show, you're kind of on your own. You're an island. And, people, yeah. and Twin Peaks was so different. And um, because we all, we all shared the same uh, thought, you know, values and morals when it came to a community. It was a community. It wasn't just 
I'm by myself. Go screw you guys. You know, so I think I think it's been a wonderful thing that we've made so many friends because right. of this podcast. It, it blows my mind. I don't even think I have this many real friends. Like I I, yeah. I interact with on a daily. Yeah. Like it's like wow, I can call these people my friends, and I don't see them but I know them through right. the internet. And so this book is like really, it's almost five years worth of our podcast. Right. And, and and the things that we believed in in our show, we kind of were able to put in the actual book. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And it's you're right. It's so unique to the Twin Peaks fandom, isn't it? It yeah. is. You can't, you, I wouldn't see this happening in like the Star Wars community, right. <laughs> for instance. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, so true. And Joe, you're a good example of that too. I still love going you know, when we went to the uh, 2017 uh, Twin Peaks Festival, and you were our tour guide. And right. You showed us the falls, and like that to me was so special. And I thought, well, it's like you are you are an amazing person. And then you dress—I don't know what the order, what day this was—but then you dressed up <laughs> in, uh, for the festival. What? Who was the character? I can't. Why can't I? Uh, Dido. Senior Dido. Senior. Marita Dido, Dido is how Sabrina told uh, me it's pronounced. Okay. Uh, but that's like, it's like, I thought you were already cool, but to see you dress up. That was an amazing uh, costume, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, that was my first cosplay ever. Wow. My first convention of any kind of my first cosplay. And it was so cool to walk around dressed like her because no one knew who I was. Yeah. Like, I would have to. I had to tell people. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it could have been a day later that I put it together. It's like, wait a minute, that's Jill. I don't think I recognize you in the costume either. Oh, I know. Yeah, and that, the golden orb is what makes that costume. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> do you know where I got that? No, I got that at a garden store. That's one of those lawn balls. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that is so cool. Those shiny lawn balls that are often seen with the pink flamingos. <laughs> oh man, that is so cool. Yeah, that was a, that was an awesome weekend too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Jill, you saved our butts because we missed our bus. We missed our bus. I thought they were so they they said there were three buses. So I some reason thought they were going to come back again for the third bus, and not realizing that they it were was all, part of the second bus. It was part of the second. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So we missed oh, the bus, no. and then we were walking out, Jill, and I remember you said, "Hey." Um, I know where all the stops are. Come follow me. And then we just drove behind you and uh, we went everywhere. That was pretty cool. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad. I don't remember that at all, but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that happened. Uh, yeah. So we got the tour from you and like you were off the air. You were telling us how you were giving some other folks a tour, which is just like you're like the official tour guide over there now. Yeah, sure. One of many. There, there are quite a few local folks who who love showing people all the sites. You just you just have to know who to talk to. Yeah, and uh, we'll get you in some some places that uh, ordinarily you wouldn't even think of of going to see. But it's it's always such a treat. It's actually my favorite thing to do to show Twin Peaks fans around and to yep. see their faces because it it. It's such a feeling for most Twin Peaks fans that they're coming home when they see that mountain, when they see the roadhouse for the first time and oh, when they see the falls for the first time. It's it. There's kind of a sense of familiarity that you see it go across their face and then it just. It's almost like there's a big sigh of relief and it's just such a beautiful thing and it's so fun. Totally. It really is. Yeah. It's like you're kind of like living. You're. 
through their experience. You like reliving the whole experience through them, you know, so you never lose that, that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That, that first time for you, you know, you're living through their first yeah. time, which That's is That's what it cool. was with you with this podcast. I got to relive my Twin joy Peaks. of Twin Peaks to see how you thought of the show. So. I know. So Brian, yeah. do you, well, Jill? Oh, I was just going to say, you get a real sense of that in the book um, and the the conversations in your, your quotes and favorites <laughs> section, the conversation between the two of you. And, you know, the rewatch versus the, the old school fan. Yeah. Right. It's right. true. Yeah. So, Brian, do you have a favorite part of the book? I, I mean, I a favorite part of the book, I would say, is I will go with Jill on this one. My favorite part of the book are the community, uh, the community feedback part, um, only because... Well, I have two favorite parts. That's one of them. Because the community commentary. The community part. commentary, because you get to hear from... Some surprise people. Yeah, we do have so real quick, just real quick. We went through our list of everybody we had on the show. I think pretty much, and I think we reached out to him. Like, hey, if you're interested, you you could you know share something with us. We might put it in the book and stuff. So yeah, I think that's where we started. But we also then went off and said, hey, I think this you know these people are also fans. Maybe they would want to be this famous director or producer or this famous person, and they gave somebody yeah yeah. And I I don't give it away, but some of those. That's wild. It, it's, it's wild to get a response back. Right. And they're in our book, which is, it blows me away. And then, That was so surprising and so cool. community <laughs> <laughs> commentary and you're expecting, you know, like Scott Ryan or, yeah. or uh, Josh Minton or something. And what? Who? The wrestler? What are you? What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Very cool. Very cool to have that support behind us from those people. And then my second favorite um, I'm so happy we got to include some of our personal photos. Yes. And Jill, thank you for sharing the photo from for the log on the yeah, very the back. back. Yeah. Um, very, you're very, very welcome. Like having personal photos to me means more than just having a generic photo that you could look up on Google. The, the fact that Ben and myself get to put some of our favorite photos that mean something to us in this book that will forever be there is really cool to me. And I mean... There's some new photos that people shared with us that I don't want to give away, which is very special, that they were willing to share something of their experience with us. And that meant a lot, too, that they trusted us enough to be like, sure, here you go. And that was really cool. So I think everything else is wonderful, but those are my favorite parts because it's so cool to see that in writing and actually in a physical book. Yeah. Ben, what are your favorite parts of the book? Yeah, you guys have said a lot of that. I do like this kind of like, without giving away, I love, you know, the show is Twin Peaks Unwrapped, and I still like that, that I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, I feel like there's still some little nuggets there, things that we, 30 years later, we've never seen before, or Mm -hmm. we didn't know about, like, oh, I didn't know that crew person had actually been in a scene of of Twin Peaks or something like that. Like, that was like, oh, have they ever, have we ever heard that before? I don't remember hearing that. So they were like these little things that I just love that, like, I don't think we've ever heard that before. Mm -hmm, And like, mm -hmm. even Kyle, I mean, Kyle shares a few things and it's like, okay, this might be the first time he's ever shared things like that. Right. Yeah, there are nuggets of gold in this book throughout. I don't think it's intended to be like earth shattering, no, like every no, single no, no. page. It's really, uh, it, and we say this at the end, and we said it in the other podcast. This is our version of of Twin Peaks. It's like you know our experiences over five years of doing the podcast and just loving the show. Right. 
Yeah, and there there are some surprises for, um, as I know you guys know and have explored very deeply, Twin Peaks fans tend to tend to like details, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of new details that that people gave you in this book. Things that you know, I've done a whole lot of reading about Twin Peaks. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts, and there are things in there that there are a lot of things in there that surprised me. So yeah, nothing earth shattering. Like there's no. Um, David you know, Lynch there, is gonna there say, are no explanations of season three right. or episode eight, but yeah. um, there are definitely details that that really stand out. So that's such a treat for for people to to read. Yeah, totally. And that's great to hear from you, an outsider, because that's like our fear was like, oh boy, are people are gonna they're gonna be like, oh, I read this already, right? And right. I, I, this is nothing. Yeah, nothing new, but. Nothing new. No, I mean, it's like you, you. there are the things that are, are fairly commonly talked about when the cast do panels and things like that, but there's always a nugget. And I think you guys did a really good job of, of sifting through that and um, presenting a, a, a good story for new fans that, that haven't watched all the panels, don't have as much <clears throat> free time on Friday nights, maybe, <laughs> as some of us. And, um, <laughs> you know, haven't <laughs> spent a whole lot of time on the YouTubes, then also presenting the stuff for the the hardcore fans who live for that stuff, who just love to say, oh, that's where that sweater came from, or, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's just, it's so cool. And I think I've said this before, but maybe I've said it before, but like, I don't know why it's taking me this long to realize, but it's like the directors are the people we should be talking to. Because right. they, they, they have know, inside knowledge. They, they basically know the whole episode. They know every, I mean, when I'm right. talking about season one and two, they understand the whole thing. They can, they can give you stories. They can say, hey, well, the making of, and like we've, I mean, I love talking to the actors and and writers that we've had on the show. I think we got a lot more directors as we were putting this book together. And yeah, just to have all these directors like, oh wow, they've got stories to tell, and they can, and they've got sometimes things to talk about David Lynch about, and and just their own making and why did they do this and why did this happen and. And it's like, oh wow! Like, why? Why is it taking this long for me to re- four years to realize that the people that we should be talking to are the directors? But yeah, <laughs> directors, producers, and the writers. I yeah. mean, when Harley Payton would come on, he was always kind of a treasure trove of knowledge. Yeah, he does. He does. He, he's known stuff, and I mean, he yeah. I mean, he was a producer, writer, right? Right. And another thing that's interesting is a lot of these folks are getting older, and their memories are fading, and that's going to happen to all of us one day. And having this book. Getting their thoughts on stuff now, I think, is, like, great because one day th- those memories are going to be gone. And people like Brad Dukes and John Thorne and us 25 years later and every- anybody else out there who tries to interview anybody or cast crew or whatever is doing a great service for the whole community because one day these people's memories are they're not going to be able to remember things. Mm. And to well, have that, you know. And the other part. Part of that is that, you know, seasons one and two, 30 years ago now, people don't really remember that. And I think with season three coming out just a few years back, a lot of folks, the directors, the writers, the producers went back to seasons one and two and did that deep dive and were able to refresh their memories. So I think this was the perfect time to interview them while Mm -hmm. we still had it fresh again. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, that's a very good point. Did you have, besides maybe Kyle, did you have a favorite interview from this past year that we did for the book? For me? Yeah. Um, 
Well, David Duchovny, I've David said this Duchovny. before, was like the most amazing thing. That's my pick too. And you know what's my pick is because I think he's done a, he hasn't done a lot of interviews. Right. He did something for I think a DVD or something like that. I almost feel like he's more humbled or he's more like, hey, he was just starting off and, and you know. His first he wasn't, big gig. Right. He, he hadn't had the X-Files. He wasn't a big name he, and stuff. And so he was just happy to be working on Twin Peaks. And to me, that was like so cool for his to share about his character and what he thought about the character and how right. he approached the character and just to get that insight. And we got a little bit of that maybe other places, but it was cool to have in, in our book. And hearing his, his voice. In uh, our in ears, your ears was like weird. <laughs> like he, David Coveney has a his his voice is very. Um, you can distinguish his voice. And when he said Brian, you just melted. I was just like, oh man, David Coveney just said my name. <laughs> he knows who I am. Hi, this is Ben. Hey Ben, this is David Duchovny. Hi David, thank you for uh, calling us. You're welcome. I have uh, Brian here. He's my co-author as well. Hey, how's it going? Okay. Hi, Brian. So you have a few minutes, right? You have a little bit of time? Yeah. I've said this many times before, but I, I Jill, you must have heard of a David Duchovny, Why Don't You Love Me song there, right? I mean, do you are you an X-Files yeah. fan? Yeah. Brian didn't know about the song, so no. before we did this interview, I started, like, I was just singing along, David Duchovny, Why Don't You Love Me? And Brian thinks I'm crazy. Like, what are what you, are you doing? singing? What are you singing? What song is this? So it wasn't until after the interview with him, I, I you know, got it onto Apple Music there and played the song. And then what, now it's stuck in your head. Yeah, and I tortured the hell out of my wife, like <laughs> constantly. It's gonna lay. It's a great song. And then I saw the video where she actually performed it live at Barnes and Noble for him. Yeah, he was there. He was there with her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the official video. I think that was just something. No. He was doing a book tour, I think. And Which I wanted came. to go to. We didn't go. It was a Tuesday that, night at uh, the Barnes & Noble in New York. Why did they always do it on a Tuesday? And I said to Ben, I go, this is after the Mark Frost one, knowing how cool that was. I was like, David Duchovny is going to be at Barnes & Noble in New York. We got to go. No. And we just couldn't go. We couldn't go. Instead, oh, we got no. an interview. Yeah. <laughs> And Jill, do you have a favorite like um, interview? I mean, it doesn't have to be any of our new interviews or anything that you really enjoyed. I I love the Harley Payton bits. Yeah, um, he's always he's pretty honest, isn't he? He's got a, he kind of like I think he usually gives his feelings on things and say like, he doesn't hold back. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, lo- I love that. Yeah. I really do. When you get the opinions, you get the facts, and you get the you know this happened, this happened, and I was pissed off. You know, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, and so was kind of being nasty that day. Or, yeah. You know, I, I really like that. It was funny. Um, I mean, I would say that he, he might have, he must have shared. This is probably he's talked about before. But it's interesting to see, hear him say, like, or have, read about how he once started off as a typewriter. I think I think that's when he started off with a typewriter. And then they went to Max in the second season. But it's just funny to think, like, it's been so long since I've used a uh, you know, I, I, a typewriter. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I was in high school probably since I've used a typewriter. Yeah, me but too. It's, yeah, so it's kind of you funny. Know. Twin Peaks was being typed up. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it was thirty years ago, 
you kind of put in a context, okay, where was I at that yeah. time? But you don't think about, you know, what the technology was like at that time and, you know, what the world was like. You know, yeah. we had to pay long distance fees. We had to. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, right? If you had yeah. Apple, uh, a, you know, AOL, or you had to like dial up, or you had to pay, was it by minute or hour for for internet? Was it AOL? That? Oh, On AOL, oh you get a disc. Gosh. Remember, you get those discs with like 120 free minutes on right. AOL. That's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's. I mean, in the age we live in, where like we don't really pay for phone bills like for as like per minute anymore. We don't yeah. the internet, and it's crazy that we just. We had to pay the internet through a disk, AOL, time, you know. And 30 years ago, that was barely a thing. Like, there yeah. there were dial-up modems, but, That's like, true. it wasn't until, I think, 93 till I had my first one, yeah. my first modem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was that in was college, solid. maybe. I remember in 95, really starting to, like, try to do X-Files, like, forms or something. To, or I, or I was yeah. definitely doing Twin Peaks. I'd go through Twin Peaks forms to try to... Research. I had to rely on Entertainment Weekly or the TV Guide for my X Files <laughs> uh, stuff because I didn't get a computer until I was a senior in high school, which was in 97, 98. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, like we didn't get, we didn't even own a computer. So a typewriter, I remember typing things and having using whiteout. And that was a pain in the Yeah. Point. Oh, I hated it. Yeah. But, and then you move up to the fancy typewriter where you can, um, erase a word before it types out the line. I, yes. Yeah, I had one of those in college before I got my computer. The electric typewriter was amazing. <laughs> it was. I love my electric typewriter. So, so yes, I love I love how old Harley Payton – no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I love Harley Payton interviews um, and the honesty. And um, I don't know, what, what were your favorite in interviews, you guys? Yeah, we were talking with David Duchovny. I mean, you got to love Kyle – I mean, just anything he says, like, oh, it's Kyle. McCormick. Yeah, that was another one that was pretty That's crazy. kind of wild that we got him. And I know people have always asked us, how do we get him? I don't know. We don't know. know. I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't <laughs> just, I kind of wonder, I kind of think it's like, was he not working or was he, did he have some time off? It's like, all right, I'll give these guys we a bone. We were just so lucky. I think it was just like your persistence in luck but the thing came is, together. The, the craziest thing is that like we had done the podcast for almost four years. I never even bothered to reach out to his people. I was kind of like, you know, that's a someday thing. And it was kind of like, okay, we're doing this book. This is, someday. This is the someday. Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Cool. cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Of course. Of course. Thanks for your interest. I know uh, you guys are passionate about Twin so that's great. Yeah, really. Are. So I'm gonna get started with um. You know, David Lynch has said you were born to play Dale Cooper. Do you think you were born to play him? Um, absolutely. Who am I to question <laughs> the uh, the wisdom of David Lynch? Yeah. Absolutely born to play him. Yeah, he was. Um, I slipped into that black suit pretty easily. Yeah, I mean that's crazy that we. Got to talk to him. And we kept that a secret for so long. And, you know, our 200th podcast, we announced the book. We announced we got Kyle. But we had kept that under wraps for well, at least a month or thing. so. It, it really is a year, like, right now. It was a year ago that Kyle, that we interviewed Kyle. Like, yeah. I think it was, like, when we're talking, like, March. I think it, I think it was March. Yeah. It was. I, I think so. It feels like it. My birthday is April. was it to keep that? You know, it's also crazy, Jill, to think we started – Ben's idea for the book was like around Christmas vacation-ish. We started – Two years ago. A year ago. Well, no. 
Well, two, yeah, you're two, right. Two. I mean, so not this past Christmas. No, right. I'm sorry. Not maybe it's three Christmases ago now. Because it wasn't last Christmas, and it wasn't the Christmas before. It was the, uh, the third Christmas before that I originally said it to you. We were hanging out, and you were like, "Nope, not interested." And a year would go by. Oh, would be oh okay. I, I didn't know if you're counting now. I'm All counting. Right. I'm counting when you said no to the book. You yeah. said, "I don't have time for that. We're doing a podcast. When the when the podcast is over, we'll do a book." He'll never love, let me live that I, down. But Ben is. <laughs> absolutely right he was right about the whole thing i compromised though like the idea was that like, yeah. we can't we have to do the book while we still have a podcast and you're so right it our, worked the people right. who listen to our podcast would know about the book right but i knew i couldn't there was no way we could do a weekly show and do the book so i compromised i said okay we'll take one week off <laughs> and even book. that was hard you know yeah, i told so I, this past january people might be like how come you guys only put one episode out that was my fault i told ben i said no we're was, done doing podcasts january we gotta get this book done <laughs> and ben's just like you're right brian you're right no i did you're totally right i was I, just I like, was we, like we're done yeah. doing shows for right yeah. now yeah because we were we were so much stress we had it there, but it needed to go go through again and yeah. clean it up. And the, yeah, there just wasn't the time. No. The problem isn't that you and I are talking and why can't we just put out a show? Because our standards sometimes are high enough that we want to edit it. And that takes up our time. A show and, always yeah. goes through editing. One of, Pre, Pre-production, uh, getting this show together, yeah. pr- producing it, and then editing it. Either so, Ben or ed- edits the community rewatches. Edited, and yeah. I've been editing yeah. all the other episodes. But it's crazy, though. Last January... We started transcribing, and then, like, near the springtime, we started getting interviews, and then summertime, where we we were like, okay, let's hit the library every Sunday. So from, like, the middle of summer all the way up to the end of January, going into... Did it, we go past Christmas? We did. Yes. Oh, yeah. All the way to the end of the January, we were at that library once or twice a week, and... For the whole day. Yeah. For the whole day. The whole day, we're at the library on Sundays from <laughs> they, the moment it opened to close. Do you think we were going to kill what? each other? Was it was it a strain on our relationship? Did we, did we make it through? There were some days, you know, Ben was just driving me up the wall. He'd be so depressed about things that it'd be like, but we were we we were yin to the yang. Right. Like Ben would be stressed now, and I'd be like, listen, we're going to be fine. We're it's it's all coming together. Now Brian says it's going to be fine because all of his stuff was done. I was yeah. stressing out because like I still had stuff. You started to write your things that we were supposed to do last <laughs> <a> summer. <laughs> If I had only recorded it six months ago like I was supposed to, I right. wouldn't be in this boat. I wasn't gonna say that, Ben. Oh, but oh. transcribing, I would go to I would turn to Ben and be like, Hey It's finally you, caught up to you me. You didn't do this part. And Ben would be like, I'll get to it. And then come January, Ben's freaking out like, oh. I gotta write all these things and I'm like, Oh my god. Um so he was stressing out, but I would try to be the you know the anchor. The anchor and be like we're and I would work on other things the book needed to get done. And we're always working in tandem on something. Yeah, we're always and but I would be like, you know, Ben, we're this book's gonna be How do I ever get done? How do I ever catch up? I don't know. I don't even know. Miracles. (laughs) (laughs) A miracle happened, I guess. Because, you know, since we're just laying it all out, we're just laying it all out. Brian's like, you know, we don't have to finish this year. Yeah, this is is after, yeah. What did I say that? Many times. I did. I did. I did (laughs) say that. Many, many times. Because I saw the stress in Ben, and I felt really bad. In the summer, was it August that we announced this? So we said that it was going to be out for April 8th for the 30th anniversary. What I said is, 
we could push the yes. due date to May or June. Or or the summer. Or the summer. Well, June. <laughs> and now, here's my reasoning. I said to Ben, he, he was really stressing out. And I felt bad. I, I didn't want him to stress out so much. And I'd be like, listen, there's no shame in saying this book needs extra love and care and pushing it out to June. Now, Ben loves anniversaries, so his heart was set on April yes. 8th. And I get that. And I wanted that goal to be met for Ben. So anything that could be done, I would do to help him. But he still had to do his thing, so I can't do that for him. But, <laughs> Why not? But I know. Ben said. I know. He would He would hate everything I said. <laughs> so, like, my other thought, I, would, I was trying to persuade him. And I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we stuck where we are. But my other... My other thought was, our anniversary is in June. Why doesn't the book come out on our anniversary? Because we told people it was going to come out in April, and it's an anniversary. It's a 30. <laughs> we're selling. To me, this book was like. I know, a, I know, Ben. This, it, it, it's coming out. It's coming out. <laughs> the to book's me, out. This, this book is like a celebration <laughs> I know. of our podcast. See, see how passionate? Twin I can't even say no to that. But I would, I would try to say, like, hey. Our anniversary is in June. It would celebrate us. And he's just like, F that. We're going. <laughs> I never said F that. No, I know. He's, he's like, we're going 30th anniversary, which in all honesty is the better. Actually, the, the best way to motivate me was to get me angry. It's like, don't tell me I'm, I, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me I, I'm not going to get this book done. I and know. So that I get, know. Uh, I just didn't yeah. want Ben to be stressed. Can't hike all. any further to the cask of Amontillado. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. I think John Locke. Perfect reverse psychology. Yeah. yeah. Lost uh, John Locke there. He's in, he's in a wheelchair. Right. And, and, you know, going on a walkabout. It's like. Just don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me I can't you, do this. Yeah, you were Locke. I was John Locke. You were John Locke. Yes. yes. Oh. And I was Sawyer. I was just poking you all the time oh. and cracking jokes. There you go. And be like, you know, this book doesn't have to come out. And it you're does. like, F you, Brian. <laughs> it's coming out. Um, it was it? Yeah. So it was able to come out early. We were actually able to, working with Scott Ryan. So we, the book was able to come out early. It, you can actually get it right now at bluerosemag.com. You can, you can buy it and, and we'll ship it out to you. But the official release of April 8th is still true if you want to get it on Amazon. So yes. if you can, you, you'll be able to get it on Amazon on April 8th. And there's also the Kindle version. I, I keep saying it's April 8th, but it might be actually March 27th that the Kindle version will be available as well. That, yep. And I, for the people that you know are concerned about the shipping, shipping prices, you know, you can always get Kindle to get the digital version of the book, which is a lot cheaper too. I mean, if you're in the $10. United States, United States is ten dollars. Right. Yeah. There's only a limited supply of the physical book. And we have no plans to do a second printing. No. I mean, I think, I mean, to me, this really was a celebration of, of, of it. And it's self-publishing. We have to put every book that was printed, we're putting our own money up. In addition to that, we, we were, it was wonderful that we got pre-orders. And those pre-orders, people who supported us early on helped for that printing cost. Yes. So that's a big thing. But again, I don't think we're going to look at it and say, okay, how, how many more books do we want to print? I think this is just a one-time thing. So right. if you really wanted this book, I recommend you pick it up now. I mean, if I had to place money on it, I would say by the end of the year, we probably will be sold out. I told Scott, you never know. It could be the, it could be the next month or so. I mean, it, it, it all, yeah. you know, it all depends. It all depends. It's, it's, again, it's not, we're not huge publishers. We're not going to have a million books to, to put out. We're, right. We have a very limited supply. From an 
outside perspective, I also just want to add that the physical copy of this book is beautiful. The artwork on the cover by Josh Howard uh, is worth the price alone um, just to have that print. So I would highly suggest to anybody getting the physical copy if you can. Just, yeah. It's it's beautiful. And there's something about still having physical things in your hands. And right. Like, you don't no. have to charge it. <laughs> I mean, and to me, this could become my own reference guide because, yeah. you know, when we go, we do like an episode, like we'll have episode 10, it'll say season two, episode 10, the man behind the glass, October 13th, 1990. It's kind of cool for me. I'm always like, when did that? It's like, yeah, when was, Laura, yeah, a great reference when book. was the murder of Laura Palmer? you know, revealed. It's like, oh, was it November 10th, 1990? But like, it's one of those things where I can now go to this book and say, oh, that was the date of that that was released. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh Howard. Yeah. Like he was amazing. We reached out to him. He listened to well, the show. Well, here's and- I mean, yeah. And we might, we've probably said this before, but again, it was like one of those things where I had an idea for a book cover. I was like, oh, I mean, I de- it was definitely the the wrapped in plastic type thing that I yeah. wanted. I, I yeah. we kept it, back. but you, Brian, you were like, yeah, I don't like that idea. Like, the, I was throwing some things out at you, and I would tell Ben, I would say, Ben, it's going to come to us. Let's not worry about. We hadn't even really started writing the book yet, and Ben's worrying about the cover, and I'll be like, Ben, well, that's how my mind works. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, the cover will come to us, but not now. We'll know it. Like, we'll feel it together. Like, it will hit. Ben or me, and one of us will say, yes, I love it. And that's what I was waiting for. Right. And we're at the library, and I was like, okay, you know what? I know Josh Howard is a big Twin Peaks fan. He does mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. I mean, he draws uh, Twin Peaks characters. And, right. And I was like, I haven't reached out to him, but let's first sh- share his work. I wanted to show you, Brian. And I loved it. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yes. How about this? You reach out to him. Tell him. Just just say, we want to cover, and we'll, we'll we'll pay him or whatever, and we'll talk to him. And whatever he does, I will be happy with, I you promise know, I you. Know, this, I've heard you say this story before. You say that. But at the same time, it was like, Ben wants it to be Laura uh, unwrapped, and we have to have our the Chevron, Chevron. Uh, stripe through or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like we kind of led him in the direction that we want. But we both got what we wanted. Right. But and we never we there was never anything when it got back, it wasn't like, Well, Josh, this is nice, but I wish you would put blah blah and that never happened. No. Like, we like, loved when we it. saw it, it was like, wow. Like and like I think you're right, uh, Jill. If you buy this if you get the physical version of it, the detail of of Josh's work, I'm always impressed that like he has like the little stones on the on her uh, forehead and the Every line of the hair, it's just like, I mean, the artwork is just yeah, so every, beautiful. Every highlight, yeah. every yeah. shadow. Right, the just shadows. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It, it looked great on your shelf. Right. You know? We had that moment together, and I'm happy we had it. Ben, you know, we reached out. He he texted me, and I said, yes, I love it. And Ben said, me too. And that was it. That was the moment I wanted. Ah, you're right. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be right. I just wanted a moment where we're both agreed on it without being forced. You know, it was like, I would always tell Ben, I like branding. You know, why, why do the big brands last so long? Because branding works. And our logo is us. And I feel like I, I don't want to stray away from that look too much. But I want something new and different. And Ben wanted Laura. 
Laura wrapped I, in I plastic. I wanted the idea of uh, unwrapped. You know, right, like, I right. mean, I wanted. We, we've always had Cooper as our logo with the chevron striped type, which of thing, I love. Which I love is Andy has done for us. Bentley, he's done a great work on that. But I wanted something. We wanted something new. But I also like the idea of the unwrapping concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's something new, yeah. something old, and something blue. It kind of is blue. <laughs> True. We need more, we need more gold. A photo that I took says so something borrowed. It's uh, perfect. Oh, yes. And something borrowed. Wow. I like that. Yeah. There you go. So I love on, it. On a few things, we did reach out to a few people to add to the book and stuff. One of the things that I thought was so special was that um, KEXP Radio. Yeah. Are they in Seattle? They're, yeah. They're right in downtown Seattle. They're, oh, yeah. they're, they're in Seattle Center. Wow. So, I mean, they had done, while the show, while uh, season three was airing, they, they would have uh, Dean Hurley on the show. He was the music director, and mm-hmm. he would kind of give his insight into the, how the music was picked. XP and online at KEXP.org. DJ Morgan here with you again for another check-in on the 13th episode of the new season of Twin Peaks here each and every week with us is Dean Hurley, music supervisor of Twin Peaks. Hi, Dean. How's it going? Hi, it's going great. How are you? Good, thanks. And uh, we had a very, very special performance in the Roadhouse on this week's episode. If anybody remembers back in season two to when James Hurley and uh, Maddie and Donna are on Donna's living room floor singing a song James has made a reprise of this song, Just You, and he's playing it in the Roadhouse. Can you talk about how that came about and and, uh, the the song as it's performed at the Roadhouse? Yeah, that that was... David really wanted to reprise that song, and uh, from the get-go, I think from the early uh, moment idea of of doing multiple acts in the Roadhouse, he was like, uh, you know, I want James to sing Just You uh, in the Roadhouse, and... um, so we prepared that, and um, James Marshall, the actor, you know, was pretty excited to do it. And uh, it's kind of a, again, like the collapsing of time, you know, throughout the show, where you you have these, you know, the the characters are 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 older, their lives have changed, the world has evolved, and you know, we're we're back with with that song. And in, in the second season, it was such a interesting bizarre usage and um and here he is all these years later performing it in the roadhouse and kind of looking longingly toward his love interest i reached out to kexp and i said hey i love these interviews you got with dean hurley could we add that to the book and they were like, yes. And I was like, wow. Like to me, I mean, I don't know if everybody's had a chance to see that. I mean, hear his stuff. I mean, to me, it was just so special. It was, sometimes it was one of the things like, oh, I like the idea of having every part have some commentary from him. And it was so cool that they were generous to just say, yes, you can put this in the book. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you, man. Well, I know a couple of the DJs over there, if not all of them, are, are pretty pretty big fans. I know DJ Morgan has been to... Um, been to fest a couple times and goes to, goes to a lot of fan events and is is a wonderful fan so and morgan was the one that she was the one that uh interviewed right. Dean hurley so yes. it was kind of like right i was ta- working we were working with the people and saying hey w- would morgan be okay if we used her interviews with dean hurley and, and they were so generous to to let us do that it, it made that section of the book very special i thought yeah 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 she did a great job and obviously so did dean she's yeah. wonderful and we and we had gotten um, we we had interviewed Jennifer Lynch 
I think it was for Boxing Helena. Mm-hmm. And I, for really, it's been like four years I've been trying to go back and forth with Jennifer. And, and she's just a very busy, you know, she's, she's just so busy with directing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that she's working. Yeah, I know too. It's yeah. like, isn't that crazy to be like, she should have, I mean, she deserved it 30 years ago to be getting the work she's getting now. But I, I'm so happy for yeah. her. There was things I wanted, and I think we wanted with the whole Laura Palmer diary that we never got. And so again, we reached out to... I think it's Nerd Nora podcast. Yes. And we reached out to them, and they had done a great interview with Jennifer Lynch. Uh, how long ago? It could have been five years ago now, wow. four four years ago, something like that. It was actually they 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 no longer do the podcast. That interview is not available anywhere anymore. I I looked all over the internet. I tried to go to like, I tried to go to the Wayback Machine on the internet, say like, is there a way to get back to that interview? I wow. couldn't. So I reached out to the the people I reached out and uh, I asked them could we include part of that interview in our book and they were so generous as well to let that's us do very that. cool so I mean, oh what incredible community support it really is I mean that, this whole book is all about the community isn't it I mean right. it really is there was one podcast that really held out they said we we only do it if we got to publish your book and that was the Red Room podcast <laughs> I mean Scott was really like holding back he said listen I'm only gonna do it if I get a piece of that pie right so uh, I'm kidding. I'm he kidding. almost took over the whole book. You know, it almost became a uh, red room uh, unwrapped. And yes. It almost be- <laughs> the pictures were started. <laughs> it was turning to the Blue Rose magazine. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But oh, Scott, he was the best. I mean, it, to, I, I mean, we've said it many times before, but to believe in us, two people who are not writers, to be like, yes, I'm without writing anything. You know, usually, you know, a lot of publishers they want to see something first. It was kind of like we just said, hey, we want to do that. We have this idea, and he says go for it and he just was on board and he believed yeah. in us even when uh, i missed my deadline I'm like how many, i twice think, twice <laughs> we missed our deadline twice i think it's, uh, now I'm, you know why i was like ben maybe we should put this book out in june <laughs> i know i think yeah i think we're supposed to be in november then uh, december no yeah it was before Jan- the holidays in january and then february and then i was shocked when scott wasn't happy that i didn't have the pot i mean the, the book done yet. i don't know why he wasn't uh, happy uh, i thought he'd be a great in a great mood oh, no. he was co- <laughs> he really was so cool yeah. i mean he was yeah. so uh so supportive of us scott did a fantastic job he does putting the, the book I mean, together like, yeah i yeah. mean like it, we have the content and, and and he really says how are we going to structure this how is this going to work and yeah he's a madman he 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 worked his ass off on this yeah he did a great job putting the um the, the, the photos in there with, with just how where they're placed and you know we had the final say but he did such a great job like I don't think we no. did uh, we didn't do major changes we're yeah. gonna as, say, much, as much as we joke about Scott you know I've got to say he has such a nose for what the community wants and mm. what the community needs as far as as far as books go and as far as who has things to say that need to be heard so like publishing your bu- book and um, putting out Courtney Stallings' book that's coming up, yeah, and the Blue Rose magazine. I think that you know he's he's really tied the community together together really th- in that way. So you know, don't tell anybody I gave him gave him props. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut this all out. Don't worry, Jill. <laughs> no, you can. Uh, you can. <laughs> and you know, it's also interesting how our book came out in tandem with conversations with Mark Frost, which we had Bushman on not that long ago. And I think both books complement each other coming out like this. Yeah. Either the two pack, uh, which you can still get, but 
they complement each other because there's some interesting stories Mark Frost tells yes. that somehow when you read our book, you'll you'll be like you get a fuller picture. And yeah, it's if anything, cool. if, if you started with Twin Peaks Unwrapped, I feel like Mark Frost would tell us a little bit of this stuff. And then if you go to Bushman's book, Conversations with Mark Frost, he does elaborate so much. So it yeah. was kind of cool to. Knowing, knowing what we knew, and then all of a sudden I'm opening up uh, David Bushman's book. It's like, oh, yes. this makes more so much more sense and and more so much more in depth. I know. So these books complement each other yes. very well. And you, the great thing is that, that Blue Rose Mag has this combo where you can get both Twin Peaks Unwrapped and David Bushman's Conversations with Mark Frost together. You can get both of them, and it's cheaper. It's it's a yes. as a discount. I believe you're only paying uh, for shipping for one book, right? And it's a, it's a good deal. Yeah. And I've actually seen a lot of people on uh, on Twitter who's been taking advantage of the deal. Why didn't I take it? Why did Scott do? Why did Scott do this deal after I had already bought? Uh, Bushman's book. I mean, kind of, I uh, actually, know. then I would be, have to buy my own book. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But Jill, I want to say, not that long ago, um, you posted some great photos of the book at, with the with Laura's log on the beach on the, the shore there, and yeah. those were amazing. And I want to say thank you to, to the whole community for posting their photos yeah. of the it book. It makes our day. It really does. Like every day when I see people post, it's that, a present. It's a. It's so yeah. Yeah. It's so special. Friends that you know we've talked to or or that we just know through online. It's so special to see that they've got the book I and how it. happy they are as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And the the only problem that I had taking the pictures at Laura's log was as that I wished the book was a lot bigger, like maybe three <laughs> feet. So that I could put it on the ground like Laura and take a picture from far uh, away. <laughs> man, if we like, had known this that we could have we could have got like a poster board of that and that would have been so I know. funny. That would be really <laughs> cool. I was I uh, that you made my day. I thought that was so cool they to were have cool. Laura wrapped in plastic and our book at the log. I mean, you can't beat that. I no. mean, that is I never would have thought that. You should go into marketing, Jill. Like that is just uh, brilliant. <laughs> Well, on your next trip to town, now you have a project. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, yeah, those photos were amazing. And just everybody on social media, like, the outpouring of uh, love that weekend when the book came out, surprisingly to a lot of us, because Ben and myself were surprised. Scott surprised us. First of all, Scott didn't tell us that the book had finished printing. Like, we saw we saw the cover being printed. <laughs> Yeah. That's all we knew. And like both Brian and I would be begging Scott, say, so how's the printing going? How's the printing going? Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it's Bino who gets the book in the mail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ben mentions to me, he goes, you know, Scott posted that the Mark Frost book's going out and, you know, our book's supposed to be going out with it. So I think our book is done. And I think Scott's trying to surprise us. And I said, Ooh, you could be right, but it's Scott, so he could just be saying things. I don't know. And then, you know, my wife, my <laughs> wife is saying, it's like, you know, I bet you Brian and Scott are in this together to surprise you. <laughs> and I actually had no idea. I'm like, no. So Scott su- did surprise us. Bino gets the first social media post. Ben's like, oh, my God, the book is out. I go home and I have a package. The same day, the same, the same day, day, and I rush. Well, actually, the first thing is, it's like, it's like I'm like Brian. Maybe, maybe when you go home, it'll be there. Yeah, yeah. And, and Brian texts me, "Sorry, the book, it's, it's not the there. package is not here." But they were hiding behind some steps, which I normally people don't put packages there. 
they knew this was very important and that someone could steal it off my porch. Someone wanted your books. Yeah, they knew porch pirates were looking for this booty. And so they hid it. They hid it very well. Up, Twin Peaks on Rap Book. What do I yeah, want this? Yeah. So I... I Mark. Yeah, I see the package. I'm like, Ben, I got him. I rushed to Ben's work and... Um, we opened it together. Oh, and it was, that was a great really nice moment. Of you to wait. I don't know. Would I have waited? I don't know if I, I hope would. you would have. Uh, that reminds me. I was going to bring something in today. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> Scott also uh, gave us the first uh, printing Print. of, of the cover. Yeah, which I want to frame. That's really yeah, cool. I hope I can la- last. I hope I can bring it. It's in a tube at home right now. The kids hopefully haven't used it as a sword yet. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool that you waited and you brought it in and we yeah. opened it together. And, yeah, we have a few books for ourselves. Yeah. So those photos you saw of us, that was like we had just opened that package. We yes, were so That was excited. our first impression. That was our first time seeing the actual physical book. Yeah. So cool. Oh, my gosh. What a treat. <laughs> It was treat for everybody. I mean, when I got it, the first thing I the first thing I thought of was I've got to, I've got to get out to Kiana and take a picture of this at Laura's log. Like oh. that was the first thought, and so I was carrying it around in my bag, and I almost forgot my bag. Oh, wow. <laughs> went out there, but yeah, that worked out. And I think it's it's so cool that that everybody's been sending you their pictures because it's such a it's such a fun book. It's such a, a fun community thing, and to share that with everybody and have everybody sharing it with each other and sharing it with you, it's just, it's just neat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and yeah. We, before we go, we also have to mention that we got somebody to, who did the foreword of the book. The Godfather of Twin Peaks? Godfather of Twin Peaks, John Thorne, actually did our foreword. I know. That Very was pretty, nice. That was awesome. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, that, that I mean, that is, he is like. The, the man. St- the man. He is, the, you know, the guy that knows Twin Peaks the best. And, and to have him be part of the book was, was so cool. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, man. Amazing. I'm amazing. like. It's weird, Joe. Like, I told Ben, even when we physically got the book, I was just like, I still can't believe the book's done. Yeah. Like, like, I really, it didn't well, hit me. I'm it so glad you me. mentioned that because we have an announcement to make. When we first talked about making this book, I think what we forgot to put on the cover was it was supposed to say volume one. That was one. my idea. Was, I, I didn't know Brian, what we were going to do. Brian was going to call this volume one. And they said, when we ever do a second book, we have a volume two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not gonna happen. That's not clearly. gonna happen. We're, we're yeah, we're, we are yeah. done being uh, authors. This is our one and only one and done, book, baby. Uh, but that was funny. I do like the volume one thing. I, that actually, was actually, my original that was idea. Your joke though, you still had no intention of making a second book. No, you just thought it'd be funny to have volume, volume one. Because I thought to myself, well, if we ever came back and we did something like. I thought like if when, we did season, season four. four hit and then we did more interviews that we could do another book. But after doing this, I was like, well. It, it could be called more Twin Peaks. Yeah, rap. yeah we could do that. <laughs> you guys could have called it volume two and then in true Lynch style, go back and do a prequel book. Oh. <laughs> nonlinear time, nonlinear book series. It, it, would be, right. it, it would be a prequel sequel, though. Yeah, like Firewalk with Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. So cool. Well, when, when that time comes, Jill, we're coming to you for ideas. Yes. <laughs> we know where to go. <laughs> we, we know where to go. And it's, it's really thank you to you, for again, for helping us edit this book and for your contributions to be able to get uh, – 
people to be a part of this and right. and yeah you just had so much insight and that means so much to us that you you're able to add to it well thank you for the trust and for the the confidence and i i had so much fun so much fun with that and, and so much fun talking with you guys about it today this is this has been really really neat so, so cool. thank you yeah thank you for putting up with thank our you, ramblings boys. oh you're true men you're true men <laughs> oh true men. Yes. i like that yes. bookhouse boys true men true men yes yep. But Jill, where can people uh, find your your beautiful work online? Now you have your artwork and your great photos. Um, like, where can people find you on social media? Pie for Jill. Pie is in delicious pie. The number four, Jill. That's uh, Instagram and Twitter. And then um, I think I yeah I have a Jill Watson art page on Instagram also. And you but I post it all on my personal one too. So. And you sell some stuff, right? Do you have a um, Etsy. Etsy page? I do. Um, it's called Falls Rocks. One word. Falls um, Rocks. Because I started by doing wire wrapping on rocks. And now I do resin stuff. And now, I, now I'm just pretty much selling art prints. That's great. So, your artwork is amazing. Yeah, thank and, you for that. Yeah, I love and it. And your photography. Oh, I love your photography. Yeah, I'm just, like, yeah. It's stunning. I mean, to be at the actual Twin Peaks Falls and and those pictures are just so beautiful. Yeah. And I love the photos that like you're in the woods and you can see. Peeking out. Peeking, yeah. you can see the falls. And to me, that's like, that's Twin Peaks. You, you're, you're, you're in the woods, but you also somehow are with the wa- waterfall. It's like, oh, stunning. Oh, thank you guys. I love sharing it with with uh, people who can't can't physically be here. So uh, I'm glad that that social media exists for that reason. It's it's wonderful. So thank you again, Jill, for being on today's show. And if you have a comment, question, or theory, or you want to know how to order this book, give us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped@gmail.com. Why did the wait? T- why did they have to email you this? Why can't you just tell them that it's I love Rose, emails. BlueRoseMag.com. They can get the book. They don't need to email you about show that. Show notes are always in. All links are always in the show notes. But I enjoy emails too, Ben. I like to have an email occasionally. Uh, we love the emails we get. We get we got a couple from people who are not on social media congratulating us on the book, which That's is so awesome. very Thank sweet you of so them. Much. But yes, if you want to get our book, like Ben said, bluerosemag.com. The links are always in the show notes. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And we will see you guys next week. 